Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to our first bi-week edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchian. My co-hosts today are Matt Harrison and Scott Fish. Matt Harrison from Shock Fantasy. I am Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com. Scott Fish, welcome back. We've missed you. Triumphant return. Just got to remember to turn the mic on. That is it, that, that's every, like every, every show. episode. Every you do this show. once an episode. Yes. I do. I do. I'm, I, it's, it's my yeah, trademark. Well, it's it really is. Uh, very impressive. <laughs> what else will be impressive over the course of this show is when we break down every game fantasy style. We'll give you nine players upon whom you can take a chance. Three tough questions. And we will give you premature speculation. Guys to pick up this week that everybody else will be trying to pick up next week but you will be ahead of the curve. It is a brutal week in that it's the bye weeks, and there's like a dozen starting running backs who are hurt. Yeah. It's really, really nasty out there at running back. In um, I've got a league where I'm going to be starting Khalil Herbert and Alex Collins. His name is Khalil wow. Ground Bear. Yeah, thank you. Good point. Khalil <laughs> Ground Bear. Ground Bear. And, <laughs> and, and Alex Collins. And, uh, and it's a guillotine league. It's for like for my life here. So, oh, geez. Is it is it the one word together? I, I'd be You're going to die. I, would like I, I might die. <laughs> I don't like dying. Breaking news. Uh, let's uh, let's dive right into the matchup, shall we? Texans taking on the Colts. Maybe just get this one out of the way right <laughs> off the bat, Scott. Although maybe there's some uh, there's some sneaky Colts plays in this one because of the Texans side. But let's let's start with the Texans. No, I actually have A grades across the board. board all every, Texans, every all Texans. Texans. Start all Texans. I only have two startable grades for the Texans, and one is kind of iffy at best. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks gets the A grade despite kind of having a dud last week. But the Patriots are known for taking away your best option, and the Texans really have one option. Right. So they took it away last week. I think he gets back on the board this week. Similar guy. 
guys, speedy, like outside guys, like Cup or not Cup, but Lockett, mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown, etc., went for a hundred plus and two scores against the Colts. I, I think he gets that target share back. So yeah. I do have an A grade on him here. Uh, Davis Mills, I'm giving a weird C grade here. Uh, who thought that he would be the rookie quarterback to break that Bill Belichick narrative? I What's know a weird that was a C-grade. shocking performance last week by Davis Mills, who legitimately looked good yeah. coming off. A Nathan Peterman-esque game the week before. Yeah, I I was stunned that he shook off that game and then went out and battled Belichick. Yeah, really impressive. Yeah, just uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, I did not see it coming either. The Colts have allowed the most passing touchdowns in the NFL, mm. a ridiculous 73% completion rate against their fourth worst against fantasy quarterbacks. It's more of a super flex league thing. He could he could really turn back into a pumpkin, but I'm giving him a just a shot in the dark C grade here. I agree with that. It's, it's a good matchup. Uh, on the other side... I have Carson Wentz on the bench. He's averaging, uh, you know, 300 yards and two touchdowns per game in the last two weeks. And the dis- the Texans uh, are deceptive in a- they allow a lot of points to quarterbacks, but it includes a ton of rushing stats. And Carson mm-hmm. Wentz on those ankles is not getting those rushing stats. No. So I have him on the bench in the passing game. I'm only starting uh, starting Pittman for the receivers. Uh, as you can imagine, the Texans are, are seventh best against fantasy wide receivers. That's uh, it's, actually it's, shocking. It's, it's a little, yeah. <laughs> you probably can't imagine well, is right. what, I, what I have listed here. Yes. <laughs> I don't I know if it's it best as much as it's, we don't have to throw to wide receivers. Right. That could be too. But uh, Pittman's commanding a 25% target share, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, six plus catches in four straight, averaging about 85 yards in those. He's a safe floor just because he gets a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. So I have a B grade on him. Mo Cox, I'm going down to tight ends here. Uh, B grade on that. The Texans are currently ranked last against fantasy tight ends. I think there's a lot of noise when you do ranks towards fantasy tight ends because they tend to be weighted towards who you've played. If yeah. you played, have, no, you, have but, you seen Kelsey? Yeah, have, have you seen a really good water. tight end yeah. yet? Um, but they're averaging the average line tight ends are scoring against them is seven for 75, and they've allowed four scores in five weeks. So uh, most notably, Henry and Knox put up big numbers. But I'm putting a B grade on there because he's he's been getting three, four catches, 40, mm-hmm. 50 yards. So a B grade there. Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, I'm giving an A grade too. He's he's looking yeah, like that bell love cow this again. Matchup. Yeah, it, it's a good matchup. He's a lock for 16 plus touches. He's seen three plus targets in four of five in the Texans. They're allowing 4.75 yards per per tote and 143 combo yards per game. That's a lot of work there. Unfortunately, I'm leaving Hines and Mac on the bench. Mac is getting a ton more work now. He is. I see. I think Mac in a if you're really desperate at running back, which many people are this week. If you think the blowout's coming in favor of the Colts, I think Matt gets some fourth quarter work here beyond what he would normally try to get. feature him a little are, bit. Are for you the trying to well. right? Yeah, great angle. And are, you're and trying that. to push me into a C grade. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. I'm not trying to push you to a C grade on him. But I think if you're if you're desperate enough, Marlon Mack. Oh, if only there was some yeah. sort of grade that was between but, C and F. But yeah. there's not. Mm. So yeah. we'll leave him on the bench. I mean, I mean. He he had ten snaps last week. I know, like, <laughs> but he turned five carries into almost fifty yards. That's true. That's true. Uh, nope. Sorry, I'm leaving him on the bench. Okay. I'm fine Ch- with that. Ch- I'm not, I'm Chuck not likes it if you're desperate, though. I mean, it's running backs in week mm. six, so desperate you may starts be desperate. with D. <laughs> All right. All right. Is that it? That's oh, it. Okay. Let's I wasn't on. sure. I, I wasn't sure that that's what you meant. 
Raiders take on the Broncos, Matt. Uh, Josh Jacobs missed a bunch of time this week with illness, but is expected to go against the Broncos. What do you think of uh, Josh Jacobs now that he's back as the mostly bell cow here? Yeah, it was a non-COVID illness, so it looks like he's going to be suiting up this weekend. I think the Steelers laid down the blueprint blueprint to beat this defense last week, and it was a bell cow performance by Najee Harris that did it. Yep. 23 carries, 122 yards, and a score. That's kind of Josh Jacobs, and I think that's what they have to do this week to kind of set a tone with a new coaching staff there. I got a B grade on him. Every runner with more than 11 carries has scored on the Broncos this year, which is good because Josh Jacobs has played the Broncos three times in his career. He's scored twice in every game he's played against the Broncos. I, I did not realize it was that good. All he right. tames the Broncos like no other. Oh, Does he break the Broncos? Yes, yeah, he does. Very nice. All right. Get it. It's a horse joke. It, it is a horse joke. Mm. Thank yep, yep. There it is. <laughs> We never get to use that. No, one. we rarely get to use the horse. I'm like, okay, do we have a horse? We got every animal here. We must have the horse. And... Do we have a beeping car horn? Because Derek Carr's on the bench in this game. Uh, first three games, he averaged 401 yards and two scores per game. Last two games against the Chargers and Bears, he's averaging 201 yards and one score per game, which is exactly half of what he's done in the first three. Uh, I think he adds that negative total as the Broncos are bordering on elite defensively against the pass. They're allowing 222 passing yards and one score per game. Uh, And they're almost averaging the same amount of picks as they are touchdowns allowed. Uh, The only receiver I really have a starting grade on for him is Darren Waller, who I'm giving a B. Uh, the Broncos are actually a good tight end defense, allowing only three catches and 30 yards to the position. However, the only tight end they faced who is on any fantasy rosters at all <laughs> yeah. is Mark Andrews, and he went for five catches and 67 yards. Plus, Waller's gone over 100 yards in two of his last three meetings with the Broncos, so maybe he also can break the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the receivers I'd play in this order, but honestly, I'd bench them all. Henry Ruggs first, then Hunter Renfro, then Brian Edwards. The trio of Kyle Fuller, Patrick Sertain, and Brian Callahan. It's probably the best group of corners in the league, but Fuller is the one that can be attacked. He stays on the left side. Ruggs heads that way uh, more than anybody else, so he's got the best chance of a long touchdown. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams on the other side. Gordon's been limited in practice this week with a hip injury, so keep an eye on that. And Javante Williams is like the absolute statistical darling when it comes to guys who who are doing a lot with not a lot of touches yet. He's almost splitting the workload with Gordon. Yep. But he's off the charts in his elusiveness ratings and missed tackles and all those fun, nerdy stats. Well, and just look at him. In each of the last two games, he has had eye-popping runs that make you go, man, there's like four backs in the NFL could that could have this, done what I just saw. This dude looks like a top five back, he's, and he's just not getting the workload. Right. So if Gordon ends up not going this one, I'd give Javante Williams an A grade in this spot, and if Gordon does go, they both get Bs. The Raiders are allowing 4.5 yards per carry and have allowed the ninth most rushing yards this season. They're also giving up a touchdown and a half to the wide receiver or the running back position, I, sh- I should say. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like both of these runners in this game, uh, both startable in a in a weird week of running backs. Teddy Bridgewater, he's on the bench, though. The Raiders' pass defense has been awesome this year. Shockingly well, good. Uh, yeah, it's the pass rush. Their, their pass rushers mm-hmm. are great, allowing only 217 yards and just over a score per game. Both are top five numbers. 
You can start Cortland Sutton with a C grade, but I'm going to give him the dead C grade since the dead C is the lowest elevation on Earth, mm. 1,300 feet below sea level. So it's like a, a subtracted sea level. It's no, re- it really, really low. It's, it's like it's the lowest. Low, it's, it's, it's the lowest C you can get. Uh, the Which Ra- is a C. <laughs> yeah. The Raiders' one weak spot in their pass defense is Amik Robinson, who may fill in a few extra snaps for the dinged-up Casey Hayward or Nate Hobbs, both of whom are de- dealing with some injuries this week. Robertson has been scored on twice and only 13 targets on the season, so Sutton would certainly see him on the outside. And Noah Fant, I'm giving a B grade to. The Raiders have been dinged up by some mid-tier tight ends recently with Mike Gesicki going for 10 catches and 86 yards. Jared Cook getting 670 and one uh, two weeks ago. So why not Fant? He's averaging six targets per game, which only trails Sutton on the target leaderboard in Denver. So he's a B grade. Chargers take on the Ravens. Austin Eckler's been running great, and he's an obvious A. He's my, in fact, he's my top-ranked running back this week. Ravens are getting killed by pass-catching runners in particular, and that's Austin Eckler's forte. I don't have a uh, fantasy aardvark this week. If you'd like to uh, give it away, you you can go ahead there. In the passing game, Justin Air Bear just destroyed a Cle- the Cleveland defense that was very good up until now. So no hesitation here. The Ravens have allowed the fourth-most passing yards, 315 per game, and oddly enough, Justin Air Bear is averaging 315 passing yards per game. So let's put him on a three exactly wow. 315 yard passing game here. Both the starting receivers have strong matchups, and so do his tight ends. And let's use that as our way to go to Keenan Allen. His nickname's the Slayer. Do we have an animal noise for the Slayer? Is there a Slayer noise we could put? Mm. Um, oh, probably not. There's probably a Slayer I, music, but that won't yeah, work. Yeah, like, no, no, God, no, we can't play that. Oh, we no. Can't, we can't even get the chipmunks to take a chance on How about music. this? <laughs> known for their slaying ducks. <laughs> Keenan Allen gets an A grade. Baltimore stingy to opposing receivers, but they're most vulnerable in the slot. And that brings in Keenan oh, Allen. Oh, what am I doing? There's our Slayer. Slayer. Oh, come on. Oh, man. <laughs> we had it all along. Hunter Renfro, Khalif Raymond, and Paris Campbell have all posted at least four receptions and 50 yards from the slot against the Ravens. Allen's obviously better than all those guys. Tavon Young mans the slot for Baltimore. He's allowing an 81% catch rate and a 102 passer rating in his coverage. So Keenan Allen, a strong A grade. Mike Williams is a game-time decision. Didn't practice all week. Nine times out of ten, guys that do not practice all week don't play. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're saying there's still a chance he could go. He's been basically unstoppable. And even though the Ravens are above average in most wide receiver defensive stats, it's still, it's Williams coming in, coming in hot. He remains startable. Um, Outside cornerbacks, Marlon Humphreys and Anthony Averett couldn't stop Michael Pittman last week. And this is a similarly physical Mike Williams. So I still like him here. If he goes, and we, if he goes and he's at something close to full health, we'll give him a B. If he starts and, I don't know, this thing goes all the way down to game time, then I guess it's more like a C. But I think if he's active, you have to play Mike Williams considering yeah. uh, how good. Now, if he doesn't go, 
Jalen Guyton last year was like all slot guy, but I looked up his his to see where he's been playing this year, and he's all over the board. So I think Jalen Guyton would get most of the work. Not Josh Palmer. And, and Josh Palmer would probably see more time as well. Palmer's a more natural outside receiver, mm-hmm. but Guyton could be a yep. last minute uh, a last minute swap there. And if you're feeling really bold, you could try Palmer. But let's talk about these tight ends. If these were combined, if if Jared Cook and Donald Parham were combined into one guy, we'd have an elite fantasy tight end. But they split this up a lot, but it's a great matchup. Cook is getting slightly more snaps in target, but Parham's getting increasingly involved, and he's been the end zone guy. Mm -hmm. The Ravens allow the most tight end catches, the second most tight end yards, and are only one touchdown away from being the worst tight end touchdown defense as well. So if you need to throw a dart in a bye week, you could try Jared Cook or Donald Parham. Let's go to Baltimore. Obviously, Lamar Jackson coming uh, up with an A grade after what we saw on Monday night. Get this. Lamar Jackson has more yards than 18 NFL teams. <laughs> That's really not surprising. It's staggering <laughs> is what that is. It's it's crazy, but it's all, knowing some of the NFL teams, it's not surprising also. <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to bench Jackson here, uh, you know, but. I don't expect an, a similarly explosive game against a good Chargers secondary. Pro Football Focus ranks the Chargers with the sixth best pass rush and the sixth best pass coverage. Mm. Um, and it's just a mixed bag for his receivers, who we'll uh, talk about now, beginning with Mark Andrews. Uh, not as much of a mixed bag here. He's an A. Andrews gets to follow up his career best game uh, on Monday night with a Chargers pass coverage that's allowed the most yards to tight ends over the last three weeks. And the Chargers have allowed a score to the position in uh, all games but one. So I like Andrews a lot with an A grade. Marquise Brown is a B grade. Uh, he's now up to 11 touchdowns in 11 games. That's the most touchdowns over the past 11 games, mm. um, which we never would have guessed from Marquise Brown. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. He's going to need that momentum against a stingy Chargers defense. Chargers allowing the fourth fewest receptions, the second fewest yards, the sixth fewest touchdowns to opposing receivers. Only one receiver has cracked 80 yards against the Chargers all year. And his matchup, honestly, is is it's just neutral against Sante Samuel, Michael Davis, and elite safety Derwin James is not going to get beat deep, and that's where Marquise Brown hurts a lot of people. Um, I wanted to give him a C grade, but he's just been so yeah. good. I, I'm giving him a B grade here, but I don't love this matchup in particular. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Latavius Murray next segment. Let's go to uh, the other receivers. Sammy Watkins is out for this game. Rashad Bateman's going to get his first ever mm-hmm. start. I think that we can safely, just because the it, difficulty of the matchup. It sounds like they're going to work him in slowly. And, and they, they've said that they plan to work him in slowly. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give you a starting grade right. of Bateman, though. Even though I think he does have a nice NFL career yes. uh, ahead of him. Well, too much Devon Duvernay, maybe, <laughs> in this game for uh, for my taste. Devon uh, Duvernay. Duvernay. Why do you say it like that? I don't, you said it like that. I was just mocking you. Uh, you made him sound like he's a mouth breather, which he's no caveman. I think he's a very sharp kid. You know, so we don't want to. We don't want to suggest that that's the case. Hey, when we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players upon whom you can take a chance. Many are available on the waiver wire. I just mentioned one of them that's coming up in a second. Find out who they are when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup will tell you who you can pick up off the waiver wire and start this week, beginning at the quarterback position. And Matt Harrison. Going back to the well with Trevor Lawrence. He was my take a chance on me player last week, and he finished week five as a top 12 fantasy quarterback, throwing for 273 and a score, added in 28 yards and a score on the ground. And the Jags are starting to design a little bit more running into Lawrence's game, which will help his points down the line. This week he gets a Miami team in London who's allowing 305 and 2.4 touchdowns per game through the air like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that rushing stuff is not trivial for him. If they keep using him on these designed runs, that's going to really change the arc of his fantasy production for Trevor Lawrence. Scott, your take a chance on me quarterback. Give me Michael McCorkle, Mac Jones. Michael McCorkle? Yeah, that's his name. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, all right. McCorkle. I'd go by Mac too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because Corky. Yeah. Corky is Corky like Jones. the worst, the worst, it's, the worst it's nickname like, ever. I bet Colin McCockney and Michael McCorkle, you could probably. <laughs> Maybe get together. The only good Corky is the guy in Waiting for Guffman. Everybody else, every other Corky's bad. Anyway, give him to give him to me in a likely negative game script the whole game against the Dallas Cowboys there against the third worst team against fantasy quarterbacks. Quarterbacks have topped 300 total yards in every game this year against the Cowboys because they're not trying to run. They're throwing passes. Oh, and uh, Trayvon Diggs might not suit up, which could, well, I don't know whether that helps or not because he's allowing a ton of passing yards. He's allowing yards. a ton of passing yards. That's, for all the talk of the interceptions, <laughs> he's, nobody's talking he's about He's on pace to lead the NFL in interceptions, but also <laughs> passing yards allowed off. and uh, penalties. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no risk it, no biscuit. No. Uh, yeah, well, you, you get paid on interceptions at that position. He's, he's like baseball Adam Dunn. Ton yeah, of strikeouts, like like ton it. of home I runs. I like it. My take a chance on me quarterback is Taylor Heineke going up against the Chiefs. At this point, I would start Billy Kilmer. Against the Chiefs. Kansas City has the league's worst defense overall. They're very bad against the pass in particular. Uh, They rank dead last in points allowed. They rank 31st in yards allowed. They're last in first downs. They rank 29th in passing yards allowed. They give up the most rushing quarterback rushing yards and the most quarterback rushing touchdowns. I mean, there's every way possible 
Taylor Heineke can beat them. Daniel Sorensen might be the worst safety in the league. And if there are any Chiefs fans listening, they are nodding their head vigorously right now. He's allowed a league-high 284 yards in his coverage. Yikes. Here comes Terry McLaurin. Terry! With all of his speed, he's going to blow through this defense on deep passes. Taylor Heineke, love him this week. Let's go to the running back position. Uh, It's Khalil Herbert, uh, a.k.a. the ground bear, Mm. uh, with David Montgomery still out and Damian Williams on the COVID reserve list. The Bears turn to the ground bear this week. By the way, ground bear had 18 carries for 75 yards last week against the Raiders. Pretty good. While Damian Williams had 16 carries in that game. In fact, the only game in which a Bears runner has not received 16 or more carries in a game this year was the Browns game where Justin Fields was starting and the Browns were stacking eight in the box the whole game and their defense was playing lights out. The Packers are the opponent this week. They've allowed an average of 115 total yards and just over a touchdown per game to opposing runners. Mm-hmm. My theory is Ground Bear gets all of the work here, so I like those odds. All right. Your take a chance of me, runner. Scott. You know, I'm going to go with Devontae Booker. You might not like him against the Rams. It seems like a tougher matchup. But the five the five main backs that have seen 16-plus touches against the Rams, four of them had over 70 yards and or a touchdown. Uh, they, they're actually producing a decent amount. on. So I'm going to give him a, uh, a take a chance on me with a, you know, a, a C grade. Okay. I'm throw that the grade in there, sure. too. Uh, Latavius Murray is the back I did not talk about last segment. Goes up against the Chargers. A negative game script last week led to a season-low six carries for Murray, but don't be dissuaded here. He's going to bounce back against a Chargers defense that is very good against the pass and very bad against the run, giving up a league-worst 136 rushing yards per game on five-and-a-half yards per carry to opposing backs. Tyson Williams and Devonta Freeman are basically non-factors in this offense, and Murray's getting most of the work, and it's a great opportunity. So we'll give Latavius Murray the start. And for those that were looking for a letter grade on Murray, it is a B. Mm. Let's go to the receivers, Matt. Uh, I'm going to channel my inner Brian Johnson here uh, and, oh, and steal a little. I smell a tight end coming. Steal a little thunder from Colin McCockney. It's not just a tight end. It's Dan Arnold. Uh, the tight end. Uh, who's... Uh, in his third game with the Jags. And what brings a team together more than a great road trip to London? Uh, Arnold must be a quick study because he went from 18 snaps in his first week to 52 last week, which was a 73% share. He also saw eight targets, six catches, and 64 yards last week. Yeah, he averages about 10 yards per target. So does the Dolphins' defense when they let tight ends roam free. They're allowing five catches and 50 yards per game to the position with three scores in the first five games. I like Dan Arnold to score this week. All right, that's strong. Yep. Uh, Scott. My time has come. Yeah. My time has come. In that? The sun god, finally. Oh, I said it all preseason. Yes, you the did. sun god is finally I, and here. And I'm with you on this. I love his chances. This Amon Ross St. Brown, he's finally taken over. He has at least eight targets, at least six catches, and at least 65 yards in back-to-back games. Khalif Raymond has disappeared and turned back into Khalif Raymond. Uh, Hawkinson's still hobbling a bit. Quintus Cephas out. A game that's going to be negative game script the whole time. Give me Amon Ra this week. I am going with, and I I love this play. I told you much I liked Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, let's look at who he could throw the ball to. Obviously, Terry McLaurin sitting on a huge game. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes here. But who else has he got? Well, Curtis Samuel's out for this game. Logan True. Thomas is on IR. Um, there's He just doesn't have many people to throw to outside of Adam Humphreys. Mm. Ooh. I already mentioned Chiefs' pass defense has been brutal. 
And Terry McLaurin can't get 100% of the passing yards, so there's going to have to be some other options. Working from the slot, Humphreys faces Legarius Sneed, who is allowing an opposer-passer rating of 152. Wow. Almost perfect. He was good last year, too. three touchdowns in the last two games. He was good. Legarius, he was a very promising rookie last year. They've moved him into the slot where he's just a fish out of water. Mm. And so I like Adam Humphreys. I'm starting him in uh, a couple of different leagues, as a matter of fact. There we go. So take that, everybody. Let's get uh, let's get a matchup in here, Scott. Bengals take on the Lions. Joe Mixon played gallantly through an injury last week. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's close to a full go in this yeah. one. What do you think about him and what should be a pretty juicy matchup with the Lions? Yeah, everything we're hearing about about him for this week is that he's going to be a full go, full practicing now. Um, uh, the Lions are allowing over 28 touches to running backs per game and the 10th most combo yards and the most combo touchdowns. This is a yeah. smashed spot it is. for Mixon, who's averaging 22 touches per game prior to the injury. Uh, a grade for Mixon. In the passing game, I'm still giving Joe Burrow a B grade. Multiple touchdowns in every game, but now he gets a D that is so bad against the run that they only allow 27 pass attempts per game. Ooh. Otherwise, I would give Burrow yeah. a better grade. Right. Like he, he just might not pass enough, but he's going to get some. Rodgers lit them up a, you know, a, couple, a few weeks ago. Uh, Chase, I'm giving an A grade too because it's hard he's to deny. He's been awesome. 90 plus yards basically every game. Yep. Um, and the lead wide receiver against the Lions has topped 120 yards in four of the five games. That's probably Chase. Uh, Higgins and Boyd, I'm giving them both C grades, but I don't I don't love it as much. Um, with Higgins back, both played backseat and split production. production. Um, given the volume passing against the Lions secondary, though, I can't give them any higher than a C. They're, they just might not be enough t- attempts to go around. On the other side, I mentioned Amon Ra as my take-a-chance-on-me player. Yes. Uh Jared Goff should have, you know, an okay outing here, I, I feel like. Since his big one, week one outing, he has only averaged 241 yards yeah. and one touchdown per game. But the Bengals' D has been hit and miss as well. Uh, they've allowed opposing quarterbacks nearly 40 attempts per game, though. Hmm. So I kind of like Goff to to get some volume here. Uh, he'll, he'll have St. Brown, and he'll also have Hawkinson, who's... Getting better off the injury, he he's looked banged up. Um, he's been banged up. He's he's been limited in practices. The Bengals haven't played any decent tight ends yet, so their top five rank against tight ends is a little deceiving. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still giving Hawkinson a B grade. I think you have to. I think tight ends like this have down games once in a while, especially when injured. Um, DeAndre Swift, I'm giving the A grade too. Remember when the Bengals allowed Najee Harris to catch 14 passes against them? I do. Think that's an anomaly? I don't because Green Bay backs also had nine grabs. Minnesota backs also had ten grabs. Yeah. There's a lot of pass catching to go around against this Bengals D. An A grade for Swift, a C grade for Williams. Uh, 14 plus touches in four of the five games is hard to ignore when you get that kind of volume, even if you're not the lead back. It's hard not to give you at least a C. Yeah, probably. We're going to talk a little more about TJ Hawkinson coming up in a couple of segments because his uh, his story's been pretty fascinating after the two big games to start the season and then three really dry ones. What do you do about him? We'll talk more about that a little later on in the show. If you haven't tried a guillotine league yet, you can still do so. There's still plenty of time left, and we're creating new guillotine leagues Pretty much any time there isn't an active game going, guillotineleagues.com. It's the hottest new way to play fantasy sports. 
and all of my player rankings available for free at guillotineleagues.com. When we return, Packers take on the Bears. There are some obvious plays like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, but what about trickier guys like Robert Tunyon, A.J. Dillon? What about any of the other receivers? We'll tell you what to expect when we come back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Final segment of our number one of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. You can follow me on Twitter at Paul Charchian. My co-host number one today, Matt Harrison. He is at Explosive Output. Ooh, I'm co-host number one. And Take co-host that, number one B <laughs> is Scott Fitch at Scott Fitch one, 24. One plus. I'm, I'm just happy to be B. Brian, <laughs> Brian must be C then. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen. Just happy to be here. Packers take on the Bears, Matt. Obviously, Devontae Adams obviously sitting on a gigantic game, but I'm wondering what you think about the rest of the passing offense here. Yeah, Devontae is an A. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is too. It looks like Rodgers will get both tackle Elgton Jenkins and center Josh Myers back this week. Yeah, Plus that helps the yeah. bears linebacker Khalil Mack yeah. and defensive tackle Akeem Hicks. Both did not practice either Tuesday or Wednesday. So they're looking on the doubtful side of questionable. I almost gave him a B because, but the injuries are always trending in the right direction for the pack. And he's thrown four touchdown passes in each of his last two games against the Bears. So yeah. Rogers gets the A. Uh, Robert Tunyon, I'm giving him just a C grade. Uh, and I think that that's generous. What a disaster he's been. Yeah, he was limited oh. this week in practice with a knee injury. So keep an eye on that. Even if he does go, he's only averaging 3.4 targets, 1.8 receptions, and 16 yards per game. But Brutal. He did score in both meetings with the Bears last year, so we're just hoping for a touchdown. No other Packers receiver should be in your lineup. Randall Cobb is only averaging two targets per game. The rest is a mess. 
Uh, Aaron Jones, he's getting a B grade, uh, was a limited participant with an ankle injury this week, but has 90-plus total yards in the last four games he's played. So the interesting guy is A.J. Dillon, who has been much more a part of the offense in the last two weeks. 16 touches for 97 yards against Pittsburgh in week four. 12 touches for 79 yards and a receiving touchdown in week five against the Bengals. By the way, Dylan's still available in 39% of leagues. Which is crazy. He should be picked up. He's a yes. spot starter in bye weeks. <laughs> yes. And if Jones actually misses time, well, he's a top, a top 10, 10 running back, back yes. instantly. Yeah. Uh, I, get, I give Dylan a starting grade of just a C here as the Bears defense is allowing 126 total yards per game to the position. They're a little bit better than average, so... Uh, he's he's startable, but uh, not super great. I like Khalil Ground Bear as my uh, take a chance on me runner. I'm giving him yeah. a B grade in this game, actually. Okay. Uh, the receivers on the bear side, I'll give Darnell Mooney the B grade and Allen's, Allen Robinson a tepid C grade as he's been limited in practice and looking like a true game-time decision. There is no Jair Alexander in this game. He's on IR. Instead, both of them will see Eric Stokes and Chandon Sullivan. Now I'm going to jump in. Now, Stokes is fascinating because Mooney's super fast. Yeah. Stokes is even faster. Ooh. And it'll, he doesn't normally travel uh, with any particular wide receiver. Normally, he plays one side of the field. But, man, this matchup screams, you know, with Kevin King out, Jair Alexander out, this matchup screams, just put Stokes on Mooney, neutralize the speed, and then make a hobbled Allen Robinson beat you. Let's see if he can stop and cut and move with Mooney, though. I mean, speed on speed. he might Mooney might make a cut. Stokes might be in the stands. He's just running so uh, fast. Maybe, Jeez. but Stokes has been good. He's That kid looks like he's requisite of the draft pick they gave him. Yeah, uh, Mooney has been Field's preferred target this year, but Robinson has topped 100 yards or scored in three of his last four against the Pack, and with Jair, and that's with Jair. Mm. So I think it should be a pass-heavy game script for the Bears, one at home, one with their newly anointed starting quarterback. I'm imagining they're going to throw a bunch, which is why I'm giving Justin Fields a C grade. And this is probably just positive thinking, but I just kind of have a hunch about this one. There's more negatives than positives with Fields. He hasn't thrown for more than 20 passing attempts in any of his three career starts. Just one touchdown pass and yardage totals of 68, 209, and 111. He's also only ran the ball three times in each of the last three Which weeks. Which is so stupid. Yeah. Why is he getting no designed runs? Ah, yeah, it's, it's so weird. frustrating. But the they- Packers have allowed the fifth most passing touchdowns on the season. Up at 2.4 per game. They've allowed the 11th most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. Won't and matter with, if he doesn't run. Well, with no Jair and Zadarius Smith, this defense isn't nearly as scary. So I'm going to give him a C grade, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about Justin Fields a little bit more later in the show. And finally, don't commit me, bro. Cole Komet mm-hmm. is on your bench. The less said, the more, Yeah, apparently, about Cole Komet. Chiefs take on Washington. Um, these are the two, this is like the worst and the second worst defense facing each other. It's start everybody. This time. is, this is like a 75 point total. It feels like it. Mahomes, Hill and Kelsey are all obviously A's with deeply positive matchups. And we don't even have to expand on that. Let's go to Daryl, Daryl Williams next. You're hoping for a touchdown here because Washington is allowing the second fewest rushing yards and the third fewest receiving yards to running backs. In a nutshell, teams just pass so easily on Washington that they don't have to run. So really, you're just hoping that a bunch of pass-oriented drives stall out near the five, and then Daryl Williams runs it in, which is possible, and that's a C grade. 
Now, the other receivers beyond Kelsey and Hill, odds are some of them are going to get something done, or at least one of them are going to get something done. But how can you know if it's going to be Josh Gordon, Mecole Hardman, Byron Pringle, or Demarcus Robinson? You can't. You can't. They probably can't tell you with certainty. They're all going to be on the field at various times during the game. They've all got positive matchups, but none of them are going to be on the field enough that you can know, and it's a total guessing game, so they're all on the bench. Let's go to the Washington side. Washington will be playing without starting guard Brandon Sheriff and starting tackle Sam Cosme, rookie. Um, they've been ruled out of this game, which is too bad um, because it's, although I still think this is, it's still such a smash spot. I still like everybody. Antonio Gibson, an obvious A against a defense that ranks 29th in rushing yards allowed and has given up the fourth most wide receiver receiving yards, although Gibson's not that active as a receiver. But that brings us to J.D. McKissick, who clocks in with a C grade because the Chiefs, as I mentioned, giving up the fourth most receiving yards to running backs, and that equals They've given up 28 receptions for 270 yards. That is uh, that is a ton. And if you think the Chiefs are going to be playing from ahead in this game, then you got to figure McKissick's going to be in in a pass-catching role yep. throughout much of the second half, maybe the fourth quarter, maybe garbage time. So a C grade for J.D. McKissick as a possible pivot in a tricky bye week for running backs, an injury-filled week for running backs. Taylor Heineke was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Adam Humphreys was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. And Terry McLaurin, hamstring injury Terry. that he suffered in practice, but he's expected to play. Well, I think he's expected to play. The media reports around this have been totally varied. I've seen a unlikely to play. I've seen a definitely will play. We're just being cautious on, on Terry McLaurin, but it looks like he's going to go. Um, he's my number. In fact, he's one of my top ranked wide receivers for the week. I had him number one prior to the hamstring injury. Kansas City's allowed a receiver to top 100 yards or score multiple touchdowns in each of the past four games. They've given up six touchdowns to receivers in the past three weeks. That's how bad it is. No matter where McLaurin plays, and he lines up all over the field, he's got a positive matchup, whether it's against Mike Hughes, Legarius Sneed, uh, Charvarius Ward, who may not even go in this game. It, they're all giving up a passer rating of over 110, and they combined to allow five touchdowns in this it, so far this year. It and and as I, I mentioned earlier in the show, if McLaurin with his speed gets deep, Daniel Sorensen's getting roasted. I love the matchup for Terry McLaurin, and now uber sneaky tight end play coming. Mm. Ricky Seals Jones mm. on the field last week in relief of Logan Thomas. For 99% yeah. of the snaps, and he had eight targets, which is more than Logan Thomas had had in any game. The Chiefs have allowed the seventh most catches and the most yards to tight ends. Ricky Seals-Jones, B-grade. <laughs> Out of left field. I like it. I like it. I like it. Do we have a seal noise? <laughs> nope, I looked. We have far too few. We have far too few um, animal noises. Ar, 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 ar. Thank you. That's... That's, it's it's, nope, it's that's, not quite, but it's in the ballpark. That was a noise. That's our Ricky Seals Jones uh, blended with a that's, sheep. That's our right CD Lamb noise. Uh, it is actually. <laughs> uh, our final matchup of this segment is the Rams taking on the Giants, Scott. Yes. Uh, let's start on the Rams side with the passing game. I'm giving Matthew Stafford an A grade. He's he's just been really, really decent this year. Oh, great. Giants have, yeah. Giants have allowed multiple touchdowns to QBs in all five games. 
Uh, Stafford has multiple touchdowns in four or five. The one he didn't, he had 365 yards. Uh, Giants eighth worst against quarterbacks, allowing a nearly 74% completion rate against. Uh, Stafford should have a good day here. Cup, he's he's back to he's going to be back to liking his boy here, Cooper Cup. Mm. Again, A grade here. I think last week was a a traditional squeaky wheel gets the grease or squeaky mouse gets the cheese or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> something James. squeaking. Yes, yeah, something squeaky. I don't, I, don't something. A, I don't have a mouse here either. How can I not have a mouse? <laughs> we need, we need a lot Jeez. more animals on this butt bun. Oh, that's kind that's, of that was kind of pretty close. good. That's my I would have preferred Matt to try to do it, but that's that's okay too. Uh, bring it, bring it. Robert doesn't Woods. actually like say the letters S. It actually does, yeah. S Q U. Robert Woods spell obviously. <laughs> oh man, Robert Woods the B grade. Uh, I could be convinced to an A, but uh, I think they'll get ahead in this and maybe not need to pass as much later in the game. The Giants have allowed the ninth most receptions to wide receivers. I have the rest of the wide receivers on the bench. Jefferson, you know, he he shows up at times, but he usually needs a big play. Djax has seen his uh, snaps go down, so no to him. Tyler Higby with a C grade. The Giants have allowed a touchdown every week to tight ends. Wow. Until last week. Yeah. Still. <laughs> Where Dalton Schultz was shut out, but still went six for 79. Yeah, which so, is excellent. Yes. In the running game, Henderson gets the A grade. The Giants are allowing the seventh most touchdowns to running backs, fifth most combo yards. Last week, Henderson's snaps came down a little bit. He wasn't the bell cow that he was early in the week, but even if you pencil him in for a 65-35 split, should bring him around 20 touches for him, 10 or so for Michelle. They may be running down the clock late, so I'm actually going to give Michelle a C grade. I don't love it, but it, it's it's very possible we could see 30 touches out of these running backs in this one yeah. when, by the end of the game. Over to the Giants side. Daniel Jones has been cleared. He's going to play. I got a C grade on him in a game. He should be trying to catch up. And those rushing yards, they they add up. They they make him startable. Do you think that they they reel in his rushing at all with him coming off the concussion? I don't know that they do. Right. I it, you just think it would fine get concussed again. We don't care. No, I I I feel I feel like I feel like they're just going to let him do. It. They're going to when they put players back out after stuff like that. It seems like they just let him be them. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Uh, Teams are averaging nearly 40 pass attempts against the Rams, which is a little surprising, but uh, yeah, they have to because they have to play catch up. Usually behind, yeah. That's that's where he's going to get his points is in volume. On to the passing game. His boy, Sterling Shepard, is back. And when I say it's his boy, I was a little shocked looking at the numbers of how Sterling Shepard does with Daniel Jones over the last year or so. It's good. Six-plus receptions, not targets, mm-hmm. receptions in 10 of the last 12 games with him. Yeah. And these are the last four games with, with Daniel Jones. Nine for 77 in a touch. It's a good game. Eight for 112 in a touch. Good game. Seven for 113. That's good. Nine for 94 in a touch. Well, I'll take that. I, I have a B grade on him, but I'm, I'm has, I think I might even be willing to go A grade just because it's his, it's his little whoopee. He yeah. uses his what? what? His little whoopee. Like his, what's, what's that mean? What's a whoopee? That's like a security blanket for a, for a baby. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Okay. You say so. Do you, you have one? You have, I do not because I'm not I, a baby. I'm actually familiar with Scott using this term from, I am from not. podcasts <laughs> in the past. Whoopee. <laughs> Oh, Kadarius Tony, I'm giving a C grade to because when he gets the ball in his hands, the, the guy's just electric and he can make things happen. Uh, he's not going to get the volume that we saw last game, but when he does get it, he's able to make plays happen. So I'm going to give a C grade to him. 
Evan Ingram, I'm giving a C grade for as well. He has four plus catches in two straight, but the yards just aren't there, and the Giants haven't had a tight end score yet. But he's getting a C grade simply because there aren't a lot of options with all the injuries, and they're going to be playing catch up. I, and of course, Booker was my take a chance on me player. Yes. Uh, we've got about a mm, minute and a half. I want to talk about the Zach Ertz trade that went down. Mm. So Max Williams had been shockingly competent for the first time in his seven-year career. Um, now Zach Ertz slots into that spot. Now there's a ton of competition for targets in that offense. Christian Kirk and A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore and Chase Edmonds, all guys who need to catch the ball. But Zach Ertz is a huge upgrade and the best tight end we've seen in the in on a Cardinals roster and since Dan Arnold. Yeah, since, well, yeah, since Dan Arnold. So what do you guys expect from Zach Ertz once he's acclimated to this offense in a couple of weeks? What do you expect from Zach Ertz going forward? I expect what we were seeing out of Max Williams only on a more consistent basis, like the seven for 94 max had the five for 66 and a touchdown. Those are good numbers. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are almost elite tight. End he'll, numbers he'll have there. his, he'll, and, and what Ertz did last night or what Ertz did on Thursday night, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I expect those kind of numbers, but on a more consistent basis. And I actually expect some of the other guys like green and Rondell Moore and stuff to see a little less action. They're, they're doing good work on lower snaps. Like Rondell Moore's not getting a lot of snaps, but they're doing good work on it. It's going to be interesting to grade him because it's so hard to grade those wide receivers based on the matchups. But tight yeah. end's a little more clear to see whether or not the matchup's good. So I think Ertz is going to have a lot of starting grades down the pine here. Yeah, and hopefully a little later, maybe we'll talk a little bit about what this means for Dallas Goddard as well. If you're not familiar with the guillotine league, the premise is pretty simple. Instead of playing head-to-head every week, the low-scoring team gets cut and their players go to the waiver wire where it's a bidding frenzy for the rest of us as we bid on the remains of that team's roster. All you have to do is not finish last in any given week and the last team standing wins the whole thing. New leagues forming almost every day at guillotineleagues.com. We'll be back for our number two of Fantasy Football Weekly coming up in moments. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
number two fantasy football weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Matt Harrison from Shock Fantasy here to help guide you through the rest of the matchups. Player ratings on every single notable player and especially trying to help you find running back help. All the guys on by, all the injured running backs. Don't start those. Don't start the injured running backs. Don't start the guys on by. That's the kind of insight we bring you on Fantasy Football Weekly. Mm -hmm. But first, a game we call three tough questions. Tough question number one. Is Leonard Fournette an every week starter? Let's begin with you, Matt. Uh, It sure seems like that after he's taken control in Tampa with... 23, 16, and 28 touches in the last three weeks. The 28 coming on Thursday night. Uh, Ronald Jones from week four on. Six, six, and six. I and, sense a trend. Yeah, Geo missed week four, but he had six and two in the last three or two games. Uh, it's now a two-third snapshot timeshare for Fournette and one-sixth and one-sixth for Jones and Geo. And that offense, he's probably a top 20 running back, and that's startable just about every week. All right. Yeah, and I think the reason we – I'm I'm the same. I think he's an every week start now. And I think I think the biggest thing is that he's catching passes and he's making something happen with him, and that's what Tom Brady needs. He needs someone he can trust to dump off to in the passing game. He wanted that in his later years in New England. He needs that now. And uh, Fournette has proven over the last couple of weeks that he can take on that role. Fournette is turning into the James White plus running yeah. at, at this stage for Tom Brady, yeah. which is fantastic. You know, in the past – you never knew week to week what you could who who was going to get the most carries, who'd get the hot hand in New England knew. and then well, <laughs> wherever well, no, Tom I, Brady I goes. Tampa. I meant Tampa. In Tampa. <laughs> but yeah, and, I'm just and, saying and wherever worst, Tom Brady goes, that's well, that is true. The worst thing you could ever do was listen to Bruce Arians, who mm-hmm. was a bald faced liar. And he would tell you heading into a game, we got to get Ronald Jones more work. He's he's been really running hard lately. We love his practice. We got to get him more work. And then the game comedy get three carries. Is it possible that Fournette just was in bad shape in Jacksonville and when getting traded to Tampa last year, he just wasn't in game shape and it took him a while because down the stretch in the playoffs, he was uh, awesome. He was Playoff Lenny. Yeah, he was, so. he, and he was. But the weird thing was, Ronald Jones rolled into the playoffs as the better runner throughout the whole season. Yeah. Go figure. But now we don't have to listen to Bruce Arians. The numbers speak for themselves. You guys already articulated them well. And a uh, until that soft tissue injury pops up, and it will at some point with Leonard Fournette, we've got our opportunity to make him an every week starter. Tough question number two. Are you selling high on Marquise Brown? Scott, we'll let you go first this time. I don't think so. I th- I, th- I don't know that you're going to get quite the value you want because I think a lot of people out there are going to feel similarly. They're going to be a little curious whether it's for real or not because mm-hmm. the touchdowns have been so high and those may regress, but he's really only got two top 10 defenses going forward that he has to face in the rest of the season. Uh, the argument, I guess, is also that Bateman is coming back. He's going to progress slowly, but this is an offense throwing for over 300 yards a game and it's likely going to be in a decent amount of shootouts. If Lamar Jackson's passing has improved to this degree, I'm going to want the guy in that offense. I'll I'll keep him. I'll hold on to him. Okay, Matt, are you selling high on Marquise Brown? I am selling, and Scott kind of articulated the points why. His (laughs) schedule is really soft. I can sell that to an opposing player. Uh, He's had 11 touchdowns in 11 games, which... People love when you put in the comments why you should trade. It never works. But but hey, The rationalizations never work. How about this? Lamar Jackson going backwards from last week. Touchdown passes. Four last week. The week before, one, 
The week before that, one. Mm. The week before that, one. The week before that, one. He's not throwing a ton of touchdown passes, and I need my wide receivers to have the opportunity to score touchdown passes, and now I think there might be a few too many mouths to feed with Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman coming on. I, I, I do want to sell Marquise Brown. This was a hard. This was this a hard. tough. This is a tough I, question. You could go either way. For um, as easy as the first one was, yeah, this one's easy, actually the, tough. Yeah, it is. You actually, lulled us. I did. <laughs> the false sense of security. I am selling high on Marquise Brown under the assumption that I can sell him as an elite receiver that yeah, that he's been. That's what you got. If I can turn him into basically anybody outside of Devontae Adams, sure. Then yes, I'm selling. Um, and that's probably what you can get for Marquise Brown right now. People want to be a part of a Lamar Jackson offense on their fantasy team. Mm-hmm. They've seen all the touchdowns. They want to be a part of that. But for you know, guys who score, just I'll add this to the points you've already made. Guys who score from distance are notoriously inconsistent. Yep. Yep. And to get this kind of touchdown production is not, it just, it, the regression's coming. Doesn't he seem like the Almost second certainly. Kansas City wide receiver? But he's just in one package. Like you just don't know if he's going to score any week. But when he does, it's on. It's on. Uh, yeah, I I feel like right now you're never, maybe never going to have a better opportunity That's to sell true. on Marquise Brown than right now. So I'm going to take advantage I, of that and turn him into any receiver you like outside of Devontae Adams. I think my theory is you can't sell him for as high as you think you can. Yeah, you might be right. Maybe other people are going to be onto this, but I don't think so. I think people I think people want those touchdowns. Tough question number three. What is the appropriate level of concern for TJ Hawkinson managers? Is it none, some, or a bowel loosening level of existential dread? Around here we call that blowed. <laughs> we begin with you, Matt. Uh, it's just some for me. He's been on the field for more than 80% of the snaps in every game this season. The problem is he's been a little bit dinged up, and some of the last couple of teams that he's played have just taken him out of the game. After eight catches and a touchdown in each of the first two weeks, he's only tallied eight total catches in the three games since. The Vikings and Bears were two of those opponents, and they rank among the top eight in teams against the tight end this year. The Lions simply need to scheme him open more. He's their best receiver, and I... I'm somewhat concerned, but I think I'll be okay. Yeah, for me, I'd almost want to say some because it's hard not to after three bad games in a row, but it's really none. This is what the tight end position is. They all have bad games like this. He's running a ton of routes. He's playing 83-plus percent of the snaps. Mm. They have almost no other options. It's going to come around, but there will be days like this. Mama told me. (laughs) Correct answer is some. He's obviously very good, and by sheer talent, he's probably a top five tight end yeah. by just talent. And, you know, the problem has been, and by the way, team's always playing from behind, and they're going to be passing a lot, but we knew that going into the season, and that has not stopped him from having three straight dud games. And the knee injury is a bit of an issue. The double coverage is a problem. Teams mm-hmm. are locking down Hawkinson and making Amon Ra beat you, Khalif Raymond beat you. Um, Swift. He's too good, and he's too important to this offense to continue at at the same pace of these last three games, they have to get him involved one way or another. They have to do whatever it takes. I think they will. Uh, by the way, running routes. I was I thought at one point maybe he was staying in and blocking because that offensive line's all beat up in Detroit. He's running routes in over ninety percent of his snaps. Yeah, so I, I was going to drop that in there, and I just yeah didn't. Yep. That's a save it. For I me. said I he was running it. a Thank ton. You. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's running a ton of routes. So yep. still have some concern because I didn't think he'd have any three game stretch like this, but not a bowel-loosening level of existential dread. No. 
fortunately. Not even close. Let's go back to the matchups. The Cardinals taking on the Browns, Matt. And for the Cardinals, they've acquired Zach Ertz. They can't play him yet. Nope. So where is Kyler Murray going to send the ball? Um, To the other players on his team? Yeah, then, yes. <laughs> Tough okay. question number four. Right. Uh, I'm giving Kyler a B grade in this one. The Browns are a good defense. They did just give up the world to Air Bear last week, and Miles Garrett is still limited in practice. That's good. But Murray gets the B because he's dealing with an injury of his own, and it's his right shoulder. Yes. And this, Justin, you don't want your fantasy quarterback throwing his throwing shoulder to be injured. No, it's not That's good. That's usually a bad thing. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals receivers, let's talk about them. How about uh, DeAndre Hopkins? He's sat out most of the week with an illness. He's not been diagnosed with COVID like teammate Chandler Jones did, uh, and he did return on Friday. And if he's fully healthy, he's still an A grade, but keep an eye on this one just in case something uh, pops up. Uh, the Chargers receivers were clever enough to have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams each avoid Denzel Ward's coverage last week for most of the game. So I imagine the cards move Hopkins around to avoid Ward because Ward has been awesome this year, especially yeah. in the last three weeks, holding opposing receivers to five catches and 69 scoreless yards over the last three. Wow. Christian Kirk gets a B grade from the slot as he'll go against he will go against Troy Hill, who allowed Keenan Allen to have a pretty good day last week. And if they can move Hopkins away from Denzel Ward, it probably means that A.J. Green is the sacrificial lamb here. So I'll throw him and Rondale Moore on the bench. Uh, and then we'll go to the the running backs, James Conner and Chase Edmonds. They're both on the bench for me. They're splitting touches almost evenly which makes it tough to target them in a good week, but this isn't a good week because the Browns' defense is top 10 against runners in basically every category, yards, receptions, touchdowns, all of it. Mm. Uh, worth noting that now might be a good time to acquire one of them in trade, though. Why do you say that? Uh, because the Week 7 apocalypse is coming. Yes, it is. And the Cardinals get Houston next week. Oh. So. All right. Uh, Nick Chubb on the other side. He has been ruled out. Kareem Hunt is very questionable with a wrist injury and maybe a game-time decision. Well, knee thing going on, too. He's got yeah. a lot of—he's got maladies. I think he goes here. Though. I do, he too. Di he I did he practice on Friday, um, and the cards— the problem is the cards have allowed only one total touchdown to the running backs through five games. So it's just a C grade for me on. Hunt. Wow. Okay. Oh, I, I, a lot of other people have him. Way I, I feel like I have that. him in my top 10. Off well, to reach I out. mean, tell, tell me why he should be in the top 10. It's it. They're, they're not allowing scores. He's just going to get 20 plus touches As, and, and, and several way, receptions. He's been so good. He's my number 10 ranked running back this week. Okay. Um, For me anyway, that's, you know, it's up to you. The good backs have gotten it done against this defense. Cook, Robinson, Henderson have uh, have averaged 133 total yards per game. A lot so. of yards, not a lot of scores, though. Uh, yeah, well, okay, yards count. Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm keeping Baker Mayfield on the bench. I did mention that Chandler Jones looks like he's going to miss this week with a COVID designation, but it doesn't matter. Baker won't put up air bear numbers. He's averaging 248 and less than a score per week. Arizona is only allowing 229 yards and a score per game through the air. The only wide receiver that I can put on the field for me is Odell Beckham, who I'm giving just a C grade. Oh, what a nightmare. This is yeah. per perimeter wide receivers have had the most success against the cards this year, picking on Marco Wilson, mm -hmm. who missed last week due to injury, but has been upgraded to questionable this week. Uh, Wilson has already allowed three scores in his coverage in four games. If, uh, Wilson doesn't go. It's probably fourth stringer Antonio Hamilton who lines up with Odell. 
Still, the targets have been there, but the connection between Beckham and Baker has never quite come to fruition. I'm not starting any of the other wide receivers, and don't chase David Njoku's box score from last week. It was huge. It was awesome. But in the last 17 games, the Cardinals have allowed exactly one touchdown to the tight end position, and in that span, only two tight ends have topped 50 yards. Mm. That's it. Remember when the Cardinals were just auto-start oh, right, tight, end, tight ends? Yeah, it hasn't been that way for every a couple week. of years. They yeah. figured it out. Yeah, fortunately for them. I think we should probably take a break. I think I'm we trying should. To, I'm trying to think if I want to. I'm tempted to sneak in one more matchup, but I really shouldn't. Don't get let's, sneaky, yeah, Charge. Let's, come let's on. take a break. We come back. We get to talk about a Dalvin Cook start what? for the first Yay. time since week two. We can talk about Dalvin Cook. And Christian McCaffrey, starter. too, right? No. Christian oh. McCaffrey. Buzzkill. It would have been a matchup between the first and second overall pick by yeah. consensus in fantasy drafts. But now it'll be mostly a lot of Dalvin Cook. We'll talk about Chuba Hubbard when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. We've got a block of matchups for you. We'll break down all these players' fantasy style, beginning with Vikings and Panthers. I'm Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts are Scott Fish and Matt Harrison. On the Vikings side, we get to see Dalvin Cook at what we believe is full strength for the first time since week two. Mm. Oh, boy. He was great in those first two games. And now he gets the Panthers. This is a bit of a schizophrenic Panther Panther run defense. Overall, they've been very good. But only one back has seen even 10 carries against the Panthers. And it was Zeke. And he destroyed them for Mm. 143 (laughs) yards and a touchdown. And then Pollard added in a bunch more. Assuming Cook's ankle is going to be close to 100%. And it looks like he is. He's not even on the injury report. Um, And he gets close to the 21 carries per game he was averaging through weeks one and two. 
I think he's looking at some big upside here, well over 100 yards and a probable touchdown in this game. So an obvious A grade for Dalvin Cook in this one. Let's go over to the passing game where it's a little bit murkier. Um, both Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, but got in full practices on Friday. There's a, they've got an ankle and a foot injury, respectively. The presumption is that they're okay for this game, and I've got a B grade on Justin Jefferson. Panthers allowing just 128 yards to opposing receivers. That is the fourth fewest, and they're really they're strong at every cornerback spot, but especially like Dante Jackson, and even for that matter, AJ Bouye has also been shockingly good in the slot. Now. That said, Justin Jefferson's way better than either one of them. Yeah. He had 100 yards in the first half of last week's game before the Vikings moronically decided to just stop throwing at him. So the presumption is here that he's going to be able to beat those guys to at least some degree and a B grade for Justin Jefferson. Let's talk through Thielen now. With Clint Kubiak, offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak, seemingly unwilling to throw downfield, Thielen has become oddly touchdown dependent with 50 yards or fewer in four of five games Hmm. when those touchdowns are there, he's fine. But with that little yardage, you need those touchdowns. Uh, Fortunately, he's got a chance against Carolina. They've allowed multiple touchdowns to receivers twice already this season. So we could be one to Jefferson, one to Thielen here. Um, But yardage should be tough to come by. As I mentioned earlier, just the fourth fewest passing yards. And so this might be sort of typical Thielen in this game. Hmm. So that leaves us with Kirk Cousins. Despite having winning the one of the best deep passing arms in the league, as I alluded to just a moment ago, he's not being allowed to throw downfield. In fact, the Vikings have the second fewest passes of more than 20 yards in the entire league. So the Vikings don't think he has one of the best downfield uh, deep passing uh, arms in the league? Apparently not, which is absurd. <laughs> um Carolina's uh, defensive line is getting a fair amount of pressure, which is pretty impressive considering there's a lot of anonymous names on that. And on the back end, as I mentioned, they've got some decent cornerbacks back there. But I think between Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, there's enough here for Kirk Cousins to be startable, but I've only got a C grade on him. Let's go over to the Carolina side. Chuba Hubbard is your starting running back. Christian McCaffrey will not play in this game. It's a nice spot for Hubbard, although, you know, watching a lot of Hubbard's play, I'm not exactly wowed by him. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's a natural receiver, although they did throw to him six times last game, and he caught five for 30 yards. I, but So he can catch, but he's not He's not Christian McCaffrey, obviously. I, you know We know that. Minnesota ranks 29th in yards per carry and almost five yards per carry, and they're missing their run-stuffing defensive lineman, Michael Pierce. So Chuba Hubbard here actually with a pretty good ground game coming. I don't think he's going to get a lot done through the air, as I mentioned. And get this, the Vikings have allowed one running back receiving touchdown in their last 27 games. Wow. So, again, it's all got to come on the ground, and that's why Chuba Hubbard is a B and not an A and an otherwise solid start. Let's go to the passing game. Sam Darnold comes in with a B. I'm not fully sold on the Vikings as an improved overall defense. Um, They have held three straight quarterbacks in check, but they've also faced a mixed bag of passers. Russell Wilson, which was impressive, then Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff, together averaging just 218 passing yards and less than half a touchdown per game. Vikings pass rush has improved and the Carolina's got a a bottom ranked pass blocking offensive line and so it's possible the Vikings do get some real pressure on Darnold which would re, which would end up impacting his ability to get the ball downfield if nothing else. Now, Darnold's also been running for touchdowns 
Get this. The Vikings have allowed one quarterback rushing touchdown in their last 45 games. So we'll assume Darnold's not going to help you there either. So I've got a B grade on Darnold, but it's it's a wobbly B. And at one mm. point I had him as a C, and then I went back to a B grade on Darnold. Hmm. Um, a you, wobbly B. I think you tried to get around one there. No, that's a B I, minus. I, would never, I, would never <laughs> I heard B minus. A B grade on <laughs> Sam Darnold. DJ Moore is an A grade. On paper, the Vikings' pass defense does look improved of late, but the receivers they face have been utterly punchless with Detroit and Cleveland and against the Bengals, Cardinals, and Seahawks. Minnesota allowed a receiver to top 100 yards and find the end zone in all of those games. And Moore is the guy that gets virtually all the work. He's eclipsed 100 yards in two of the past three games, and he's found the end zone twice in that span. He's also led the Panthers in targets in each of the last three straight games. He lines up on the right side more than any Carolina receiver, which gives him the coveted Bashad Breeland matchup for DJ <laughs> Moore, and that makes him an A grade. Let's talk Robbie Anderson. Should we? Nah, Do we really need I mean, to? It's so frustrating, right? So Anderson's got the size and deep speed to get past Patrick Peterson. And Sam Donald's actually throwing to him more, 18 targets in the past two games to Robbie Anderson. And he was targeted last week in the end zone two times. Ooh. And neither one came together. It took, in one of the plays, I think it was uh, Anthony uh, Averett made a diving, leaping tip of the ball to knock it out of Robbie Anderson's hands. And otherwise, Anderson would have had a long connection in, in last week's game. If he's going to get another nine targets against the Vikings secondary, I think Robbie Anderson gets something done for at least one deep hookup here. Wideouts with eight or more targets against the Vikings average seven catches, 95 yards, and almost one full touchdown. I'm betting the under for Robbie getting that. I, you don't think he's going to hit those numbers? <laughs> um, Anderson only gets a C because I worried, as I mentioned earlier, does yeah. Darnold have the time to set up these deep passes? Um, but I do like him with a C grade in that game. Let's go to our next matchup. Dallas Cowboys taking on the New England Patriots. Scott uh, Ezekiel Elliott, to my eyes, has looked rejuvenated. The offensive line has been awesome. Any reason to think twice about Ezekiel Elliott in this no, game? No, no, he's he's running hard. As you mentioned, the twenty-one carries last week. He's he's averaging eighteen touches a game. Uh, Pollard's averaging like twelve point six touches per yeah, game. He's bad. getting involved, yeah. and he looks good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Elliott with an A grade and Pollard with a C grade in this one. Uh, Elliott says he's fine after he landed on the pylon on his back. You know, he came in like two three plays later and scored a touchdown, so that's right, not fine. a concern. Uh, the uh, the New England Patriots are allowing the ninth most running be- running back touches, nearly twenty nine per game. So I can see a twenty to ten split here, and I got both a uh, starting grades on both of them. Yeah. In the passing game, Dak Prescott. I'm giving an A grade too. Shocking. Shocking. Right? Yes. Dak Prescott. He's been great. Three more touchdowns in four games this year. Pats have been solid against quarterbacks, but the high end, the only high end one they played was Brady, and they sold out to. Sh- to, to stop him, yeah. Stop him. Yeah. Um, Davis Mills went for 300. What, <laughs> three right, right, what exactly. could Des Prescott yeah. do? Um, on the in, in the passing game, I have B grades on Cooper, Lamb, and Schultz. I think okay. it gets split up a lot, and there's a lot of running because they'll get the lead. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm only giving B grades, but I'm giving them on all of them. Uh, Cooper and Lamb, neither of them exploded since that week one game. But... They- <laughs> 
That's a little lamb. That's oh. CD Lamb right there chiming wow. in. He, he wants an A grade. Too much. Nope. And nope. his voice will be heard. <laughs> Six, 60 to 90 yards and an occasional score is what they do basically every game, and I think they do that again here. B grade for Dalton Schultz. The Pats are great against tight ends. But you have to consider that the best tight end they faced this year was Cameron Brait. The oh. absolute best <laughs> they played was Cameron Brait. Dawson has six catches in four of the five games. Six catches is a good, good amount of work for a mm-hmm. tight end. So I'm giving him a B grade. On the other side. By the way, the Cedric Wilson cat's pretty good. He, when he, Michael Gallup he leaves is, the team, Michael Gallup's in his contract here. When he's done, yeah. he's off the team, I yeah. think, at the end of this year. Yep. Cedric Wilson's going to be They're a, not gonna a, a miss sneaky a play. No. Yeah. They're not going to mess this up. Uh, on the other side, McCorkle Jones was my take a chance on me player. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I got the C grade on him, but you could talk me into higher. Uh, he now has 116 receptions and 1,390 yards and no touchdowns in his career in the NFL, which That's is just, crazy. That is an NFL record for the amount of receptions with no touchdowns. The Cowboys. They've given allowed the fifth most yards to receivers, including six different receivers over 90 yards, five different receivers scoring. Myers is averaging nine targets per game. I kind of want to give him a B just, just to just help him score. Why are you going to call a touchdown? No, that's it. I'm giving him a C grade so he steps it up and tries ah, to see he's going to hear gonna this. He's going to get the touchdown here. Man, fantasy, fantasy experts love Jacoby Myers, and they talk about him all yeah. the time. And yeah. like this big bust out is coming. I look at him and I go, when I watch him playing, I'm like, He's okay. He's yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's he's, know. he's their only receiver. Yeah, <laughs> so kinda he is. Yep. Uh, Hunter Henry has really stepped it up as of late. So he I'm has. giving him a C grade. He's got at least four grabs in three straight and at least 30 yards in each, which isn't a lot, but he's getting more and more work. Scored in two straight. Uh, every tight end to catch four passes against Dallas, top 50 yards, and they combined for three scores. So there's there's some work there for Henry. I'm, I've given up on John. Yeah, you kind of have to at it's this just, point. He's just not getting the ball enough. And I look, I don't get it. They loved him enough to pay him an absurd amount of money. They identified the greatness yeah. that is Jonu Smith. Yeah. And then they never give him the ball. I, I love the reverse jinx you're trying to play I'm, out I'm here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> All I'm, right. I'm out. I'm just, I'm, I'm bitter. I'm sad. I'm broken on Jonu Jonu. I, I have the entire running game on the bench. Uh, Harris has been limited this week practicing. He split a lot with Stevenson last week. Bolden is the guy that gets the receptions. Mm-hmm. And teams just don't try to run on Dallas. They they allow the second least uh, run attempts behind the Bucks. I believe. It, it's not a good situation for any of them. And now an exciting moment. We we he's out in the green room again. You want me to go get him? Yes, go Colin McCockney. He was here last. Nice enough to come in studio last week. Now Colin McCockney from from ye old London town, and that's uh, Y E O L D E London town E with an E. Dolphins and Jaguars, and Colin McCockney, welcome back to the show. Hello, governors. Hey, Colin. Hello, Chachian. Great to have you back. Hello, little guppy boy, fishy, fishy. We should we should get a picture together before you leave, so I can tweet it out. <laughs> we should. Oi, fishy boys from Florida, go frog and toad over the motion to go plates of meat and orchestra stalls with the kitty boys from Florida. Wow, I can barely understand that, but Brian gave me a quick lesson on how to understand what Under, you're saying. Your Cockney to English translation. <laughs> yes, and, and that just means the Dolphins and the Jags are going to play football in London this Sunday. Oh, that's all, what that all, meant? All of those wow, words. Okay. All right. That. All right. Tua has been Pony and Trap and Mickey Bliss since the rubber dub for the Sweeney Todd. 
Wow. Uh, Tua hasn't been very good at quarterback. <laughs> He's mark. only had multiple scores in one of his last seven games where he played the complete game. I think that something like that. You know, your voice inflection had a lot of questions in there that I did not hear from Colin. Well, well Brian is the expert. He he gave me a quick trading course okay. that I've tried to understand the way. Those Jags have been roast pork and a raspberry tart right up your sausage roll. Ow. Rub a dub 300 and a few mince pies. See, I think mince pies are oh, that, scores. That's like a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, that's, it must that's be scores. That's the best thing that so, can happen is so, mince Yeah, pie. yeah. So this week he gets the Jags team that's allowed 300 yards and or multiple scores to four of the last five QBs they faced. He's giving Tua a C grade, it sounds like. Oi, Devontae Grassy Park boy. He won't loop the loop. Nah, get the jam jar. Waddle, waddle, toot and toddle gets an Irish pig while he'll kick and prance. Okay, so he, he, <laughs> okay. This, this is getting harder and harder to, <laughs> to figure out. Uh, Devontae Parker is out this week. So while Jalen Waddle has had around seven targets per game, uh, he faces a Jags defense that's allowing 200 yards per game to wide receivers, although only two scores to wide receivers. So he's giving Waddle a B grade. Oi, Lady Godiva. Mm. Big and quickie Gasicki will half an inch Whoa. over the flowery Whoa. dell. He's chuffed because Tua gave him four Duke of Kent's on an elephant's trunk. <laughs> no, that's definitely touchdowns. Mike Gasicki gets a C grade. He caught four touchdown passes from Tua in the last five weeks of the season last year, and the Jags have allowed four touchdowns to the position already this season. Miles Gaskin. Oi, grade. That's duck boy. and dive dinky doos. <laughs> he hank Marvin for a tutty, and de cows and kisses Jags gave a dicky dart to the chalk farm. <laughs> See, I understood that perfectly. Oh, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> he gave Miles Gaskin an A grade. Gaskin hasn't scored on the ground le- this year, but the Jags have allowed the most rushing touchdowns to the running back position with eight already this year. They're also allowing almost 134 total yards per game to opposing runners. And Gaskin had his most snaps of the year last mm. week with a nice 69% share. Oh, Danny Boy and Trevi two legs were Arison's whistle and flute with a side of Wonga. He said, "He said uh, Dan Arnold and Trevor Lawrence were Matt's whistle take a chance and flute. Yeah, take a chance on me, tossy tosser and catchy catcher." <laughs> La Visca gets a syrup of figs, and Ian Marvey gets a skyrocket. No trouble and strife with Tommy Tinder's ear. Get a sherbet dab on Xavier and Howard on those tables and chairs. Well, it sounded like he gave Chenault and Jones two different things, but they both mean B grades, believe it or not. (laughs) The Dolphins were already one of the worst teams in the league against wide receivers, allowing 206 receiving yards and a score and a half to the wide receiver position. Plus, they're missing Xavier and Howard this week. No one's watching the custard. A fat geezer turns Liza over, but walks right past the jam rolls. 
I don't know what that means. That didn't make sense. No, so that didn't make. Uh, sense. I'm just going to give James Robinson an A grade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the I Dolphins. Like the Dolphins' run defense is allowing on average 169 total yards and 1.6 touchdowns at the running back position, and almost all of that goes to James Robinson. I'm going down with the battle cruiser with Rogers' rusted irons, Scooby Doo, <laughs> Chachian, and Guppy Boy. Scooby Doo. Uh, nicely done, Colin. Nicely done. Thank you, Colin. That was great. Send uh, send Harrison back in. I looked up what a mince what's in a mince pie. By the way, it it turns out if mince pie has got mutton, suet, <laughs> fruit, and spices. Um, I'll pass. Thanks. I I think he meant. I think Colin said that like it's a good thing. Yeah. Like, wasn't that two like two touchdowns was two mutton pies? Yeah. Touchdown. Mince pies. Mince pie. Touchdown was a two mince, mince pie. pie. Yeah. What the heck happened in here? I wish we had four microphones in the studio. I know we really need. We do need. I, that. I feel I'd like, like Guppy Boy in here is for... going to tread now. <laughs> Guppy Boy. I Guppy like Boy. It. Guppy Boy. What? Oh boy. When we come back, premature speculation. We'll tell you three players you can pick up now that other people will be trying to pick up next week. Find out who they are when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison and Scott Fish with you. This is a segment we call Premature Speculation. We're going to jump you into our next week time machine and tell you who to pick up this week that other people will be trying to pick up next week. Scott, you want to go first? Sure, why not? I'm going with the guy I had as my number two wide receiver coming out of college behind Jamar Chase. It's Rashad Bateman. Oh, yeah. That go guy. get him. He's coming back this week. He's going to be working his way back into the offense. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, it's an offense that's getting 300-plus passing yards a game. They need another yeah. pass catcher. He's going to easily take the place of Duvernay and, and James Proche and guys like that, Sammy Watkins, even before the injury. Uh 
the opposite spawn spot versus Brown, uh, a po- opposite side of Brown is mm-hmm. wide open. It's all him. Four plus matchups coming up too. All right, Matt, your premature speculation player is. Uh, I talked about him a little bit earlier. It's Justin Fields. I gave him a so-so starting grade. Uh, he might not do as much as we want this week, but next week he gets the Buccaneers, and it's oh, the Bipocalypse. Okay. Uh, Josh Allen, Dak, Air Bear, Kirk, Trevor Lawrence, all on bye next week, including yeah. uh, Ben Roethlisberger is too, but, you know, mm. whatever. Uh, the Bucks have given up a good fantasy day to every quarterback they faced, even Mac Jones and Jacoby Brissett. Each went for 275 and two scores. So Jalen Hurts just scored twice on the ground to show teams that you can score against the Bucks on the ground just now with a running back. So Justin Fields, he's an interesting play for next week. I'm going to give you four reasons to roster Marlon Mack. Indianapolis running back. He might get traded into a better situation. He's looked good in limited action this year, including last week when he turned five carries into 47 yards. If anything happens to Jonathan Taylor, Mack would vault into top 15 running back territory. Yep. And Indy has the easiest run schedule for the rest of the year. You can dart throw Marlon Mack in tricky bye weeks, you know, whatever you need. If you if in if you're in a spot, he's a plausible starter in weeks kind of like this one right here, where we talked about him as a possible potential starter. Doesn't get it only getting five touches a game is not not ideal. Right. But you know, in a pinch, you could do that. My runner up, by the way, and maybe I'll use this guy again next week, Nico Collins. Just sure. keep an eye on him. He's coming back for Houston. And I, that's, I used him like week one or whatever, I think thinking you Brandon Cooks would get traded. That did not happen. But, no. But, yeah. It's like still Rick, possible. Chris Conley. And, you know, we love Chris Conley on the show, but yeah. you know, Chris Conley is not the future wide receiver for Houston. So no. they're going to get Nico Collins into the game. A note on your Mark, Marlon Mack. Coming back from the Achilles, and Njoku had a huge week last week, came back from the Achilles. How do we feel about Cam Akers? I know. It's, you know what? Like, Achilles I feel a little never, better. Nobody's ever really come back from an Achilles. Demarius Thomas. That was running back, the only. No yeah. running back has come right. back from an Achilles to have a meaningful right. rushing career. Right. Sure. But maybe medical science has just gotten to the point where, you know, we can do it now. I don't That's, know. Well, we'll, we'll watch Marlon Mack to find out. <laughs> Seahawks take on the Steelers. Lots of starters in this game. Let's talk through this, beginning with the Geno Smith part of it, because that's you know everything kind of hinges on Smith. So we haven't seen Geno Smith for seven years, really, in any meaningful capacity. Now we're going to get him for a month of starts. We saw him for about a third of a game last week, and he looked pretty good for most of that game until he threw the game-losing interception. Now, in fairness on that play, uh, Tyre Lockett fell down, so maybe it wouldn't have been an interception. But that's been what Geno Smith has been all about is the turnover. What I can tell you for sure is Geno Smith ain't throwing the beautiful pinpoint rainbow bombs that Russell Wilson throws. Mm. That is not in the arsenal for Geno Smith. So I expect fewer passes, fewer deep passes here. Steelers' pass defense has allowed multiple touchdowns in every game since the opener. And I think Geno gets one, maybe two touchdowns here. But there's still risk with Geno Smith being Geno Smith. Hey, let Geno cook. Come on. Let let Geno cook. So let's talk through uh, some of his targets now. DK Metcalf's got a foot injury. Watch that. We expect him to start. When running from his most common spot, the left side of the field, Metcalf's got a favorable matchup against sophomore corner James Pierre. (laughs) <laughs> who doesn't have the speed to hang with Metcalf and has given up a touchdown in both of his two starts this season. 
Metcalf's found the end zone in each of the past three games, and he's averaging 90 yards over those three games. <laughs> it was great that you just pointed at me, and I did I a French be, thing. I knew you'd be I, I couldn't help but laugh. My, my, wife, is, my, life, my wife is fluent in French, so whenever I do in a French accent, it's, it's about that. <laughs> and she laughs. Uh, B grade on DK Metcalf. C grade on Tyler Lockett because he needs those deep passes to fill his box score, and I worry that G, G, uh, Geno Smith just isn't going to be sending those bombs his way. So still consider consider him startable here. He's going to line up most often against Joe Hayden, who is allowing 74% of the passes in his coverage to be completed. So I still have a starting grade on Lockett, but we're going to show some caution here. Uh, Gerald Everett returned from the COVID list, but the Steelers have been one of the best tight end defenses in the league. So we're going to pass on him. Let's go to the running game. It's Alex Collins as the starter on in this Monday night game. Um, they've ruled out Chris Carson. You, um, The Steelers have been a ferocious run defense, though. They haven't allowed a running back touchdown, and they're giving up just 86 rushing yards and 38 receiving yards per game to the position. Now, if you add that together, you know, there's 114 yards, so you know we wouldn't mind. Actually, it's more than that. It's 133 yards, I think. Wow. If we can get good all math. of that to Alex Collins, that would be that would be a good game, and we would take that. But Alex Collins, frankly, isn't that good. So I've only got the C grade on him. Opposing runners averaging a middle-of-the-road 4.3 yards per carry. We're hoping for a short touchdown for Alex Collins. Let's go over to Pittsburgh. No Juju Smith-Schuster. And what we have learned is when you take one of the key receivers off of the field, the other guys get fed big mm-hmm. time yep. in targets. And I'm expecting that to be the case here, especially for Deontay Johnson. Yes. He's already a target hog. And now he gets tons more volume with Smith-Schuster out. Seattle's defense is eighth worst in coverage per pro football focus. Bottom 10 in every meaning, meaningful statistical category against the pass. And the funny thing is, remember, they cut Trey Flowers last week, their mm-hmm. cornerback, starting cornerback. They replaced him. Two weeks ago with Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones' two starts at cornerback has yielded a perfect passer rating in his coverage. Mm. They just don't have anybody to cover. So I love Deontay Johnson in this game, and I've got an A grade on him. I've got a A grade on Chase Claypool as well. He has got a play of 20 or more yards in three of his uh, four games that he has played. And next-gen stats has Claypool ranked sixth among receivers in yards after catch per reception at 7.8 and fifth in yards per catch over expectation. He's a big-time playmaker, and this is a Seattle defense that can't stop anybody, and he's got positive matchups all over the field. I was just going to say, Deontay Johnson has 10-plus targets in 12 of his last 14 games. That's nuts. That's that's a lot of targets. That is. Now, some of them are coming from Ben Roethlisberger, and those targets are one-hoppers his direction, but still. (laughs) Um Claypool's, by the way, six foot four. No Seattle cornerbacks taller than five eleven. So it's I love Claypool here Maple too. So if I like those two guys, obviously I like Ben. And you know what you're getting with Ben? He's been very inconsistent, but he's coming off his best game of the year last week. And now he gets this terrible secondary that I've already outlined for you. Four straight teams have thrown for 322 yards or more mm. against Seattle. A B grade for Ben Roethlisberger. And for those looking for a deep sleeper, Ray Ray McLeod. No. Yep. Ray Ray McLeod. <laughs> he will go into the slot, not James Washington. You yeah, might be tempted to outside. pick Washington doesn't play outside. McLeod will face one of the most burnable slot cornerbacks in the league, Ugo Amadi, converted safety. Pro football uh. focus ranks Ugo Amadi 
at cornerback 110. Never thought I'd see a day where Ray Ray went Ray, against Ray Ugo. McLeod versus <laughs> Ugo. This is it sounds like a video game. Um or some kind of a dance move. I got a little Ray Ray McLeod in me today. This is uh, Ray Ray McLeod, C grade. No. Take that. Yes. Wow. That's taking a chance right there. Last guy in this matchup is Najee Harris. Despite his snap share decreasing in three straight weeks, he's still seeing tons of rushing attempts, yards, and, and his yards per carry have increased in every game. And even against a very good Denver defense last week, a lot of success coming this week against a Seattle team, allowing the second most rushing yards and receiving yards to opposing running backs. 190 Total yards per game they're giving to opposing running backs. And Harris gets virtually all of that. Yeah. A grade for Najee Harris and my highest grade of the week is of that, his career. Is that the yard for break? me? Oh, it might be. For no, Fonzie. fantasy. Fonzie is coming next. And when we talk about the Bills taking on the Titans. Scott, oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I'm injecting him into I'm f- injecting Fonzie into your matchup. All right. So, do you just want to do it for me? Is that? No, no that's all right. All right. All right. Mm. I, I have uh, start with the passing game on the Bills side. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to throw these in. <laughs> Okay, yes, I have any grades on both of them. Dude. Uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. It's a it's a game where this, the over-under is 54 points. The Diggs has gained 10 targets a game. Josh Allen's scoring three touchdowns a game if you combine the pass and rush. Uh, so they have A grades. We'll go over to Emmanuel Sanders, who is actually wide receiver 20 on the year, where Stefan Diggs is wide receiver 25. Crazy enough, Emmanuel Sanders outscoring Stefan Diggs. But that's what four touchdowns will do on the lower volume. Mm. He has topped 48 yards in every single game, and he's averaging six targets per game. So that's okay production. Uh, going up against the Titans team, they're allowing the most yards to receivers, eighth most receptions, and fifth most touchdowns. We are five weeks in, and they've allowed 12 different receivers to top 50 yards. So I think that's that's, nuts. that's like the minimum in five floor games. in five games. Ooh. So uh, I have a B grade on Sanders, but you could probably talk me into that A, but it's not quite the Fonzie A. It's a no, B grade. Fonzie's a special A. It, he needs the touchdowns. He's gotten them a couple times, mm-hmm. but he needs the touchdowns to get that A grade. Uh, over to Dawson Knox, uh, five touchdowns. Speaking of touchdowns. Four, four games, yeah. He's racking oh, up. And you know, we need a Dawson Knox. Yes. That's what we need well, on the button bar. Well, we, I think we, can, we have we a table. Yeah, well, that? there's that. All right. So that? maybe we don't need the button bar on this. <laughs> we could just keep doing that, I guess. <laughs> we'll manually do that yes. one. Uh, I, I have a B grade on Knox. Uh, you could convince me into an A here as well. He's becoming a problem. He had four red zone targets last week alone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I barely want to give him a C, but... Uh, He's he's just not quite gained quite enough work, not quite enough targets. If the targets ramp up, then he's going to be a consistent A grade, but B grade right now. Over to the running backs. Moss, B grade. Snaps have increased every week, over 70%. Singletary's on the bench because it's all Moss now. On the other side, I'm benching Tanhill. Henry's an obvious A. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are both going to play. I'm giving them both C grades on the... I know that you're awesome after the catch, and if you get a little bit of volume, you'll be playing from behind. You should do something C-grade. Yeah. The, one the Bills are a great too. pass defense. That's the problem. Yeah. They, they only get the C-grade because 
they should get just enough work, and they do so much after the catch. Yeah, and Derrick Henry, obvious, a great yes, every week, regardless that. of opponent. Yes. You did. I was just reiterating All for right. our listeners. I'll reiterate that you can, if you're listening to this over the air, you can check out the podcast version of Fantasy Football Weekly as well. We encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review that as uh, as you go ahead and listen across your weekend. Best of luck in the first week. Next week, the Bipocalypse will help you through that tricky week next week when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.